Now, I was pondering on something the other day, and I want to okay. get your input on this, all right? All right, let's hear it. All right. In the English language, we use the term beating a dead horse. Now, what does this mean? Uh, it's, uh, you're, you're trying to get a dead horse to, to continue working. Mm-hmm. So, in other words, it's just an ineffective right. action that you're doing. Yeah. You're beating it's not, a dead it's horse. Not, it's not going to get the effect no matter how hard you try. So, I think it's time that we reverse engineer this and spend some time talking about this because I don't think anybody's ever really put this to the test. What is the functionality of perhaps beating on a live horse? Because this is something that I have hmm. never tried right. as a problem-solving solution. Right. So I'm just saying, if anybody out there wants to guinea pig this, it's like maybe next time you're like, oh, I'm like, oh, fuck, like, I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills this month or whatever. Maybe you just beat up a horse <laughs> and see what it does. Get into a, a fist fight with a yeah. horse. Yeah. What if you do it and you're like, my pockets are now full of money. What if beating up horses grants wishes is what I'm saying. Okay. Okay. You know what? Listen, maybe that's why the phrase beating a dead horse came into existence. Because everybody was like, you know how when you get into a fight with a live horse, if you win, you get money. (laughs) Yeah, that's how it works. They start talking. They fork it over. Yeah. Well, this guy over here. He's beating up this dead horse like it's going to give you money. And that's not how that works. <laughs> I think the next time that like I'm doing something and it's working great, I'm just going to be like, now nah, we're beating a horse. <laughs> <laughs> now we're just kicking a horse's ass. <laughs> I just punched that horse in the fucking face. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe it works. Knows? Maybe. You never will know, I don't think. <laughs> no. If anybody out there tries it out and sees any success, let your buddies over here at Dead and Lovely know. I'm talking about your boys. Uh, me, your buddy, Uncle Ben. And me, Hollywood Steve, the horse puncher. <laughs> oh, the horse, horse punching Steve, he's known That's as. Right. Damn. Uh-huh. We are here today on the podcast to be talking about a movie that is just... Man, it is, it's, okay, it's really bad. We're talking about Queen of the Dam from 2002, cult right? classic Queen of the Damned. Uh, cult classic meaning, like, everybody that's still on VampireFreaks.com's favorite Which, movie. Which, by the way, is still a thriving <laughs> still website. A so, uh, Define thriving, really. Yeah. Are they, were they, they were there beating horses, exactly? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know they are. I, th- I think for sure, if we had been born, like, just five years later, we'd be like, yeah, we're talking about awesome movie Queen of the Dam today. <laughs> And the Suic soundtrack. So good, man. <laughs> new metal. The only metal. Oh, my God, dude. Out with the old, in with the new, I say. <laughs> well, you guys asked for this one. This was part of our No Vampire poll that we put up mm-hmm. on our, our Facebook group, which is great. And we're always commending you guys for your choices on your votes because you guys got some great-ass taste. And now I think I think maybe you guys are just fucking with us a little bit, <laughs> right? Maybe just a little well, bit. I think... You know, people do like it when we hate a movie. Uh, and they do, yeah. And it's just fun. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, as much as I fought against it, I tried so hard to find stuff to like about this movie, and I will name some of those things when we get to it. Okay, all right. I tried so, so hard, but it You tried makes me, so hard, I, I got, got so far. far. But in the end, <laughs> it doesn't even doesn't matter. matter. No, yeah, no, uh-uh. I, I, I really, yeah, I tried so hard and just 
seriously came down to I fucking hate vampires, I think. Man. <laughs> and I don't You know that ain't me. I don't. I don't hate vampires, but this movie made me question. <laughs> You know, okay, I get that, honestly. Yeah. You didn't watch this like three times, did you? I did. In fuck fact, I've watched dude. it four times recently because we did it on the screen and chat not too long ago. Fuck me. <laughs> that is more than a lifetime's worth. That's a vampire lifetime's worth Absolutely. watching this fucking yeah. piece of shit movie. Uh, if you want to get straight on to us uh, beating the shit out of it, there's a time right. set for you in the podcast description. But before we do that, we're going to shoot the shit, have Absolutely. a cold beer, and have ourselves a good time. I'm just going to go ahead and start tucking in mm-hmm. to this beer right me here too. because I have a feeling it's going to take me a minute. You want to hear about what I'm sipping on over yeah, here? Yeah, yeah, Let's hear it. What is it? Well, I bought this in honor of my my uh, goth rock alter ego, Davy Stranger. Right. Who probably probably be a fan of Queen of the Damned if I was going to guess. You, yes, he would. He'd love this He movie. probably would. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, this beer is called Stranger Danger. It's by Ooh. Monday Night Brewing. It is a, get this, bourbon barrel aged, peanut butter cup imperial milk stout. Wow. <laughs> and it's 13%. Damn. <laughs> so I'm going to sip on this motherfucker right here. Well, Ben, I got something too. I got a little drink here that I talked about just last week when we Uh-oh. talked about our hot alcohol takes what was that called alcohol <laughs> takes. takes that's all right there were uh, some good ones people posted on facebook by the way thank you yeah. guys for for sharing those man i'm i'm telling you i think tequila and that cucumber lime gatorade it could work you know what i i, I thought about it and i was like i can see it being fine i would prefer of course tequila and cucumber and lime and a different <laughs> configuration but okay. yeah all right. maybe all right. maybe it'd be all right uh, so you're picking up one of your hot takes huh yeah i'm picking up one of my hot takes here uh went to the store yesterday and uh down there on the bottom shelf you gotta look for it there's a big ass jug of wine down there <laughs> Uh oh uh-huh that's a carlo rossi sangria 13.99 for four liters look out and i'll tell you what i there's no better sipping wine out there for me. This is just Damn. sit around, get nice and uh, toasty because it's a 10% wine that tastes oh, like yeah. delicious juice. It's so good. Sweet <laughs> berry so, wine, huh? The, the color of it is gorgeous. It's lightly effervescent. I'm just telling you, if you haven't had Carlo Rossi Sangria, not a sponsor, but they can not a sponsor. be. Mm. Uh, get you a glass of it. Just try it out. See what you think. I'm telling you, it, it is. Uh, it's gonna be what you thought wine was gonna taste like when you were a kid. <laughs> that should be their slogan. Yeah. Honestly, if they really leaned hard into that, like, yes, it's what you thought wine would taste like when you were a kid. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that's exactly what I'm here for. I don't want any of this. Rossi childhood fulfillment wine. Yeah. I don't want any of this complicated stuff. I want I want Kool-Aid. Give me the we Kool-Aid. Used to, we used to buy some like uh, bottled sangria and stuff back in the day, like uh-huh. during summertime and, yeah. and all that. And uh, so, yeah, I've had my fair share of that for sure. Yeah, I, I do prefer to make it. Making your own sangria, of course, is the way to go. But mm, it, everybody it, loves to taste their own toilet after talking about it. And, and honestly, uh, if, if you're a home fermenter, the four liter Carlo Rossi is a perfect fermentation vessel 
if you have. True, you can reuse that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's a good one. Or you can you can keep it by your bedside, piss in it. You don't have to get up in the middle of the night. It's great. Everybody loves a good pissing jug. (laughs) I actually saw. Holy shit, man. I wonder where the algorithm's going sometime. I got advertised, I think it was on Facebook the other day, this thing that's like this boutique-ass, like, high-end product that they're uh-huh. trying to market to men. And it's like a, a a pretty elegant, like, sculpted, like, brass duck. Okay. That is specifically for pissing in so that you don't have the- to get out of bed in the night. What? You stick your dick in this goose's mouth or duck, whatever it is, and piss in it. First of all... That way you don't have to get out of bed. That's a nightmare in itself. Stick your dick in a goose's mouth. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. Ugh. Things I would never, ever do for a no. million dollars, Alex. No. So, not interested. <laughs> you just Good piss God. down the gullet, dude. Right? No. <laughs> Holy shit. Well, okay, I'll tell you this. Hope you're enjoying your drink. This is not very good. <laughs> Dude, mine it's, it's is not great. <laughs> mine good. is I'm glad so for good. I, I seriously, like, every time I think about it, I'm like, you know, if if I woke up tomorrow and you have that, like, terrible stomach feeling and you got multicolored poops or whatever <laughs> from the the, like, wine coloring that they used. If that were the case with Carla Rossi, I'd be like, no, 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 no. I I can have me several glasses of Carla Rossi next day. Feel fine. No issues. It's great. Very enjoyable. Well, every bottle is sold with the clean poops guarantee. So. <laughs> it does say that right on there. <laughs> right on there. They're proud of it. <laughs> it says our history, and then it goes into the history of how it used to make you poop, but now it doesn't. <laughs> Our founder, Mr. Rossi, was tired of his multicolored poops he would have after drinking (laughs) his small villa's wine. He went on a quest to make a wine that poops cleaner. (laughs) And he found it. (laughs) Yeah, he did it. And now he's here to share his success with you. Thank you, Mr. Rossi. (laughs) Um, So this beer right here, the bourbon barrel flavor is very strong. Yeah. And also the... Kind of dark chocolate peanut butter cup taste is very strong. It really Ooh, sort of tastes like strong. it's like if you took you know a bourbon and dissolved several peanut butter cups in it. Oh, well, it's not very good, mm, man. Yeah, no, that doesn't sound great at all. It's not great. Monday night usually does really good stuff, so this is kind of a fluke for them. But I may need the alcohol to carry me across the ravine, or I may retreat and grab something from the fridge here in a second. I don't know. I'll, I'll try it a few more sips. Maybe as it warms up, it'll get better. A lot of times, darker beers are like that. But yeah, that I'm is true. not feeling it. Not feeling it. Yeah, I'd, I'd say yeah. Once it gets up to room temperature, maybe it'll kind of you know because a lot of the more subtle flavors might be yeah. a little subdued while it's cold. I, Could be. But I'm thinking, you know, if you you washed whiskey with some peanut butter cups, I don't know if that would be bad now that I think about it. <laughs> I mean, it might be all right. Like Depends if you, on if the you whiskey. had like a s- screwball and all that, some of the peanut butter whiskeys. Right. Uh-huh. They're kind of fun. They are, yeah. So a little chocolate flavor to that. Mm, couldn't be too bad. Well, maybe it is. Who knows? Who knows, man? Well, I haven't had a ton of time to watch a lot of stuff since the last time that we recorded, but I have watched a couple of things, man. We finished up that dang old Goosebumps series, what was on the Disney. Oh, okay. Yeah. How was it? 
Uh, it really peters out there at the end. I'll tell you what. It really, <laughs> okay. really just it gets tired. Uh-huh. And it gets worn out, and by the end, it's just kind of running on fumes. Those first couple uh-huh. of episodes, Kate and I were enjoying pretty well. Right. Uh, pretty cool cast of actors, and cool way to kind of wrap in some of the old school Goosebumps stories. But yeah, man, it kind of does like uh, a lot of the worst series of American Horror Story does, where it's uh-huh. like by the time it's over, it's just like, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, fuck, this happens. We're done here, right? Right. Yeah, we're done. Uh, I would not rewatch. Maybe I'm too old for it. I don't know. I don't think so. I think it's just not really good storytelling. Hmm. Okay. All right. Mm. All right. So that's a skip. All right. I won't. I won't check it out then. <laughs> Dying. <laughs> what else you got? Customer lost. We watched. <laughs> uh, we watched ourselves some Batman forever the other night. Listen, that one's that one's fun. I like that Dude, movie. It's fun. I know yeah. that people hate on it and yeah. everything, and it's like, yeah, you know, Batman smiles in the costume and nah, bat nipples so and all what? this. Val Kilmer's not the best Batman, no, but, but hear me out, man. His voice and his vocal cadence is so so similar to Batman animated series. It is yeah. very very he's very a, similar to he's Kevin Conroy. Okay, Bruce Wayne because of that. Like yeah, he totally. does come across more like uh bruce wayne though he doesn't doesn't have the look necessarily that's fine he didn't dye his hair black like, right why didn't they give him dark hair Come yeah on. i don't know i don't know uh but all the other stuff happening jim carrey and uh tommy lee jones dude and drew barrymore and uh debbie mazar as sugar and spice <laughs> yeah dude that scene where they've made two-faced dinner and uh i guess spice has made him some kind of wretched meal containing raw donkey meat yeah and what like a grain alcohol cocktail i was like <laughs> what the fuck ridiculous man yeah i i think it's fun i i mean it is i think people are maybe remembering some of the things that happened in Batman and Robin and putting them into Batman forever. Cause Batman and Robin again, Batman and Robin, not as terrible as you remember because of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. But still pretty terrible. Batman forever is much more watchable. I, I know, man. And it did really get shit on a lot because if you're going into it expecting the tone of Tim Burton, yeah, uh, yeah, it yeah. is a far cry from that. It is yeah. like a cheesy ass old school Batman comic that's right. super corny and super lame, yeah. just live action instead. And it's man, fun. Tommy Lee Jones, he's going is silly. Just, yeah, uh-huh. he's bonkers. He yeah. is chewing the fuck up out of that scenery. Yeah. And Jim Carrey is so yeah. over the top; it's unbelievable. Yeah, I think I think they bring it so hard. And then also, yeah, it has some of the camp of the 1960s Batman. Very much. Yeah. Holy Rusted Metal Batman. Right. Like, come on, dude. They're not taking this serious. <laughs> right. So, yeah, it's it's not as bad as some people have reported, for sure. No, huh? And it's just a big, colorful mess of a movie. It's fun to watch. Yeah. All the, like, neon lights and black light glow lamp shit that's in there. It's a lot of fun. I, I yeah. still definitely enjoy that one, man. I need to watch Batman and Robin again. It has been a long time since I saw that one. Yeah, give it a shot and see what you think. Right. Maybe you'll like it more. Maybe I will. Other than that, man, I've been working on a whole lot of music stuff, which is great, man. Uh, I'm always kind of talking about my, my work-life balance and crazy schedule right. and stuff that I have. And I tried something kind of different this week where I'm just like, you know what? Wednesday and Thursday, I'm going to treat this like it's office hours. You know, right. really make this a nine to five or rather more like 10 to six kind of scenario uh-huh. uh, where I just 
try to do my work uninterrupted and treat it like it's an actual job because it yeah. literally is my job. Right. And uh, and it was fucking fantastic. It That's was awesome. really, really, really excellent for me just having that time blocked off and the work is done when I clock out <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like people great. do, you know? Yeah. That's awesome. So it was good for me. A little extra heavy lifting for, for Kate because she's taking care of the dogs and taking care of supper and stuff in the meantime. So that's appreciated. Yeah. Uh, but hopefully I can make this work because holy fuck, was it ever uh, much better than just trying to cram in work wherever I can like a yeah. lunatic like I do forever. <laughs> yeah, I have been trying to focus more uh, work during the day, actually relax at night. And it, it does make... It makes it so that when you're working, you actually do the work. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then when you're relaxing, you actually relax. Yeah. Yeah. Novel. Uh-huh. It's interesting. <laughs> it's well worth a <laughs> shot if you're out there and haven't tried it yet. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. I, I recommend it. So yeah. We'll see how it goes, man. What about you? What have you been watching? Oh, man. We have, we have watched a whole bunch of things, including the fall of the House of Usher. I keep hearing it's good. Did uh, you oh, like it's it? Great, yeah, loved it, loved it. Thought it was great. If you're a if you're a Poe fan, if you've read a lot of Poe, you'll be seeing some things coming. But they they vary up a lot of things. It is a Poe world. It's not a, it's not exactly a adaptation of the story, The Fall of the House of Usher. While it is still an adaptation of that story. Now, how do they work in the songs and? autobiographical information about popular singer Usher into here. How does that fit in? Um, I am not even kidding you. Okay. Do you know (laughs) that Usher has a song called Confessions and the guy who is an Usher at the beginning says, these are my confessions, which is a line from the fucking song Confessions. I Dude, think I'm just fucking joke. around. I actually I, landed on my feet here? I think what? Mike Flanagan may have included that as a joke. I think so. Wow. Just saying. Anyway. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> anyway, so Follow the House Usher is great. It's as Mike Flanagan as you want it to be. Uh, you know, same old cast of characters you've seen in a whole lot of things with some new new faces. Um, boy, uh, that, that, that Kate Siegel, yowza. Ah, you know what? I think he should try though. Hear me What's out. What's that? Something new here. I think the next series he does, there should be a part where there's a monologue about trauma by uh-huh. a pretty brunette lady. I think that would be something new for him. Huh? Yeah. He should try it. <laughs> you know what? That's a good idea. He Could might work. try that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I very much enjoyed it and recommend it to uh, anybody who doesn't know Poe. But if you're a Poe fan or you've read a good bit of Poe, you really will get the benefit of like understanding so much of like what's going on. Like so many of the little inside jokes and Easter eggs that they include from so many different Poe stories and poems and stuff. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's cool. I'm a big fan of Poe's work uh, fighting as a part of the rebellion in the Star Wars. Right. So I think I'll yeah. probably like it. Yeah, yeah. You'll, you'll love. He, boy, he does all sorts of stuff just like that. The He's like, 
hey, where's Finn? My friend Finn, where's he at? Mm. Yeah. Where's uh, my little ball robot? Yeah, ball robot. Where are you? Where'd you go? Um, hey, you roll I, off too. I, I should be in charge of this. I'm not in charge. Well, it should be. Ah. Anyway. <laughs> Oh, boom. <laughs> Watch that Winnie the Pooh blood and honey. Okay, I'm dying to hear about this. Tell me about it. Uh, it could have been good. It could have oh, been. No. It could have been low budget good. Instead, it's just like hateful. It feels like it's just not fun. Like it oh, loses man. It, it, every angle where it like seems like it's going to be fun. It just kind of loses it and. I don't know. It, I I was fine with the masks looking off and wonky. It's like, yeah, this is low budget. Whatever. I'm cool with that. But nah, it just wasn't fun. And it was hard to watch because you're seeing characters do stuff that it's just like, really? Like, mm. come on. Anyway. So any of the people blood and honey. Meh. Uh, watched uh, a seven psychopaths. Ooh, what is, is that? Um, yeah, I don't 2010, 2011 ish, I believe. Movie Colin Farrell, um, Sam Ooh. Rockwell, oh, uh, Christopher Walken, Woody Harrelson, Dude. yeah, but big cast, big cast of uh, peeps, and it's good, it's fun, enjoyable. Um, definitely not what I expected. I knew, like, uh, Emily had seen this in the theaters, and I, I knew she really met, she really enjoyed it, and, like, it was one of those things, it was like, oh, yeah, I should watch that sometime, I should watch that sometime, so I finally watched it, and I was like, oh, this was not really what I expected, um, it's, it's a fun time, I, I think there's some stuff that definitely feels very, very, like, 90s indie movie to me uh okay. so it kind of feels like a revival of some of that but that's okay by me yeah definitely check it out um then also oh man <laughs> we, we continued our teenage mutant ninja turtles journey with teenage mutant ninja turtle 2 the secret of yeah. the yeah i don't want to talk Bundilla about it. ice don't want to talk about it too much because we're gonna hell rank it but it was uh it was better than i expected it to be but not the same type of movie as the first one. And the costumes, hmm. the faces are so derpy. It's they are pretty derpy. Just yeah. off. Just off. Yeah. yeah. And it's weird, too, because it's like a different April O'Neil. But they're saying it's just been a few days since the events of the last one. And Casey Jones, not in the movie. What? He just, hmm. like... He killed. Shred he murdered Shredder at the end of the yeah. last. One. Where'd he go? Yeah, where'd he go? Maybe he's in hiding. Maybe that's what it is. Um, <laughs> the fucking how did this get made episode on that is hysterical. It's great. Yeah, with Adam Pally. Yeah, it's it's a fun. It one. is so funny. Yeah. Token and Razor are really cool in this. They though. are. No, that's the thing is it does have the elements that kids would like. It yes. took away the comic edge that the first one was trying to like straddle that line between you know, uh, older teen and, and, you know, younger kid. This one is just like, nah, this is for kids. <laughs> it's a kid. It, it's show. honestly like going from the Burton Batman movies to Batman forever. Right. That yeah. Kind of jump. Yeah. Where it's like, Oh, well this is fun for what it is, but it's not like on the same level as, as the previous installment. So, um, yeah, not as, not as bad as, as one might think. 
and then also we've been on some some Christmas horror. So we watched uh, Dead End. I don't know if you've seen this one. Mm-mm, no. Okay, Dead End. Is, uh, it's got it's got Leland from uh, Twin Peaks and uh, Lynn Shay, uh, and she's amazing in it. She's so good. And mm. basically, it is a like not to spoil too much. It is a family road trip on Christmas but things go awry so don't want to reveal too much definitely worth a watch I'm interested um yeah I don't want to I don't want to reveal too much uh we also watched uh, Christmas Evil which I watch uh, I I feel like almost every year around Christmas yeah yeah it's just you know is that the one with the Robo Santas Robo Santas. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. Uh, Christmas Evil is the one where uh, the guy sees uh, his dad dressed as Santa eating his mom's pussy, and that makes him <laughs> go crazy and like keep <laughs> keep records on kids in the neighborhood and shit. A little different. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No. I. It's so like rewatching it this time. It really was like because I had always been like, oh, I feel sorry for him. You know, like he's he's obviously like dealing with stuff. But then it's like, man, he he's talking about like kids bathing habits. How does he know? Uh, it's, and it shows uh, him looking in people's windows and shit. Like he peeping. Yeah. Like, man, this guy, like I felt bad for him because I just thought like, oh, he's lonely and stuff. But then rewatching it now, it's just like, no, he's fucked, man. <laughs> this guy sucks. Oof. I need to watch that. One. I've never seen it. Sounds. Uh, oh, really? Sounds creepy. Oh well, it's uh, the vibe of it is is kind of different. Like it feels like a Christmas movie, like because it's got like Christmas parties and everybody's talking about Christmas and stuff. It's very Christmassy, and then it goes a different direction. Uh, but it's always going a different direction with your main guy. It it's got it's one of those like I think it's like 1980. It's very like Freudian psychology type of thing horror movies. Uh, okay, but it's good. It's well. It's well done. Jeffrey Damon, young Jeffrey Damon, is in it. Uh, okay, I don't know if there's anybody else I could name offhand, but it it is definitely worth a watch. So check it out. Okay, well maybe I do sometime. And then also on Friday night, we watched Dracula 2000. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, I've we, seen that one. <laughs> we skipped the first 1,999. Just went to that good one. Good call. Yeah. yeah, good call. You can start there. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen this now a couple times in the past uh, couple years. It's real bad. Does it's it have a- Coolio in it? Is Coolio in Dracula 2000? Wait a second. Hold on. Or am I thinking of Dracula 3000? <laughs> I don't even know. I think Coolio I'm thinking of Dracula 3000. Okay. Oh, man. Coolio, maybe he should be in it. It might improve <laughs> the events of what's going on. Uh, it has... Um, uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, shit from House. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh, good. Um, oh, that guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's got some other like recognizable people, but it's just not like, like it's it's just not even like interesting most of the time. But it is kind of a fun bad movie. It was fun to make fun of, you know. Mm-hmm. It didn't yeah, yeah, get it to, like. I don't, I don't know if it got too terrible. <laughs> At any time. Uh, and then on, on Sunday, we watched Blood Relatives on Ice Cream Sunday. Don't know uh, that one either. And it's, uh, it's on Shudder. It is a horror comedy, kind of. But I feel like 
it gets it gets you know kind of murky at times as to what they're going for i liked it and it definitely like had had some good elements but it also was like felt too long felt like the tone switched up too much the the comic the comic moments were good and then the drama moments were just like wait what is why is this happening can we get hang on now are you just reading reviews of our podcast on apple podcast right now because that's what it sounds like okay i liked when it was funny (laughs) but when they were talking about all that other stuff i did not like it <laughs> yeah, but yeah, blood relatives. I mean, it, it's uh, it's definitely worth watching on Shutter. I mean, it's like a, an hour twenty, I think. Uh, we had we had a fine time with it. All yeah. right, so there right. there you go. <laughs> That's a bumper crop of some watching you done. Sure did, sure did. Hell yeah, man! Oh, one more thing that I did watch that I feel like bringing up because this will be coming out. Somehow, the week of Thanksgiving, that doesn't seem like th- that makes any sense. Dude, it seems like Halloween was it, like an hour was, ago, right? It was an hour ago. What the fuck what is the fuck happening? Is happening? And like, it, it, it's just like, this, yeah, this comes out the day before Thanksgiving. That's not possible. Which means Christmas. Christmas, Christmas. No, don't worry about that. I don't even want to think about it yet. No, I'm not even thinking about it. <laughs> Not my, even. My jaw wired itself shut. I couldn't even say <laughs> the word. <laughs> That's crazy, man. That is that is really, uh. really crazy where the time goes. But one great thing about Thanksgiving being around the corner yeah. is that it's the perfect time to watch those Bob's Burgers Thanksgiving yes. episodes, which oh, we've dude. been doing we, the best. I had the most interesting interaction with uh, uh, a couple pals here because we're having Friendsgiving, and they were like, they sent a list like, hey, you know, you could do any of these things. And I was like, I'll do all of them. <laughs> and they were like, yeah. what? Like, you know, oh, you're Bob you know, at Thanksgiving Yeah, exactly. For sure. Yeah. And I wanted to say that, but like they haven't seen Bob's Burgers. Like I wanted to just be like, I'm Bob. And that would explain it. <laughs> <laughs> that would. Right? Yeah. So strongly recommend watching those. The Bob's Burgers ones are great. And now that I think about it, we've not had time yet to watch the Friends Thanksgiving episodes. We've got to get around to those, too. That's a tradition around these Mo- parts. Monica makes a food, right? She makes she a gets food. A, she gets an anxiety? Is that, is that? Uh-huh. She gets the agita. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. There you go. The usual hijinks. So <laughs> we'll get into some good old watch, and hopefully some of you guys are maybe listening to this uh, either on your way to your family Thanksgiving gathering or just listening to this and eating a cheeseburger instead of having Thanksgiving. We're hey, happy to be here listen, either way. Th- cheeseburgers for Thanksgiving is awesome idea. Like, just go. I'm telling you, man. Do whatever you want. You don't have to do the traditional. I am doing the traditional because it's just one of those things that I kind of think about all mm-hmm. year. It'll just pop up in my head like, oh, what can I do to maybe improve this or that? Um, but I do whatever you want. Make a lasagna. Who gives a shit? I'm going to use this platform once again as my soapbox to push my agenda of new Thanksgiving. That's in you. Okay. Hyphen Thanksgiving. <laughs> oh, Yeah. New Thanksgiving. Monster energy drinks, just uh, hot pockets. Really wide pants, you know. <laughs> wear your widest pants to New Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, my, my idea, as always, for Thanksgiving, everyone should bring a food that makes them thankful and just have the most oh, random-ass buffet of what the fuck ever you want to eat. Yeah. Share the things with your family that make you happy instead of eating 
traditional boring food from some Absolutely. made up, completely not real part of American history. Absolutely. Don't even yeah. bother. Make food that makes you thankful, be with your loved ones, and share what makes you happy with them. Even if that's just like, hey, I brought a bottle of fucking JMO. Good for you. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Yeah, no, I agree. Like, seriously, just make... Like, holidays shouldn't be a, a burden, you uh-uh. know? It shouldn't be a thing where you're an like, obligation to do the yeah. same thing every fucking year. Yeah, it's a, it's a time to get together and hang out with the people you love. And if it's making you stressed, then that's no fun. Don't. Yeah, yeah don't, don't do, do it. it. Yeah, don't yeah, do that. Good idea. Don't spend a holiday with people that make you miserable. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or eating a bad food. Right, yeah. I don't know if this beer is getting better as it warms up or if I'm just like getting drunk, you know, a slight buzz off of it. Yeah, because yeah, it is 13%. It might just be yeah. bad. I don't know. But I'm drinking a little bit more of it now. And I'm also thinking about the fact that we were just talking about new in you things, Steve. Oh my gosh. That's right. Like how uh-huh. this fucking movie we're talking about is chock full of, you know what? Not metal. Not Nwabum, not Metalcore. <laughs> yeah. New Metal. New oh, Metal. Oh, man. Uh-huh. Does that have a bad rap? Should we hate it? Should it come back? I don't know. We're going to find out in the Preview Palace. Welcome to the Preview Palace. Was that a new metal voice? I can't like do I don't listen. What you're about to find out is I don't know shit about new metal. So. Okay, let me do one for you. Are you yeah, ready for you this? Do it. Yeah, uh-huh. Welcome to the preview palace. Boom, boom. Okay. That's more new metal. There you right? go. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> now, Steve, you say you're just clueless. I am. About new metal. Yeah. Where were you? Much like Cher uh, from Clueless, as if. Uh, <laughs> As if, wow. Yeah, I, Strong words. Yeah, I uh, new metal started when I was in high school, and I don't, you know, I I never did it. I never got into it. I couldn't <laughs> deal with it. I hated it. My friends would all be like, "Ooh, corn, etc." And it was just like, no, no. <laughs> How about no instead? Not interested. So I've heard. I of course heard some, but like I don't, I don't know it. Like, I don't know who's who and what's what. All right. Well, I'm here to tell you. I was around for that phase. Uh-huh. I was definitely around the time that I was getting to be like, you know who maybe I don't like as much as I used to? My parents. Ooh. That is the, at the core of loving new metal, right? It oh, yeah. Is oh, yeah. hatred yeah, yeah, yeah. of your parents. And I, I liked my mom. Like, by the time I was, you know, 14, my mom and I had come to, like, this understanding, and we were friends. <laughs> so, oh, it was like... Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, there just wasn't much for you to, like, relate to, is what no, you're saying. No, not at all. Like, I like metal, because it's loud. I don't hate my parents, though. <laughs> <laughs> so, this does nothing for me. Yeah. I get it. I get it, man. Well, okay. I was around for that era. I was intrigued by some of it. And uh-huh. then I got into, you know, bigger and better things. Right. And I look back on a lot of it. And there's a lot of it that is just incredibly super fucking cringe. Sure. But hear me out. There are a few good things that maybe are worth going back to and reexamining, at least according to my taste. Okay. And maybe I can just try to twist your arm. All right. Your, your, um, your fishnet... Uh, mesh covered arm <laughs> into maybe checking some of these things out. Yeah, Are you ready okay. for it? Yeah, I'm, I'm interested. Let's hear it. 
let's just go ahead and get into the shallow end of the pool. The the end of the pool that's I think more acceptable, especially if you like music that is uh, dynamic, uh-huh. uh, heavy, and also just like weirdly horny. What you know about a Deftone? Okay, I all right. So I had a lot of friends who were into Deftones, and it wasn't something that I ever hated. But I have never owned a Deftones album, mm-hmm. nor nor could I necessarily name a Deftones song. Oh, or wow. recognize okay. one if it were on. Wow. Okay. So yeah. you're pretty inexperienced in the way of the Deftone. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I think they have a very unique sound. Um, you know, Chino, yeah. their vocalist, has a very uh-huh. distinct voice, and Steph Carpenter's guitar work is pretty recognizable. But I'll tell you this I was never into Deftones back in the day. This is like the most unpopular okay. opinion to have. Because everybody loves Adrenaline and White Pony and the records that came out when we were in high school. Uh-huh. I started getting more into Deftones whenever they released Diamond Eyes, which is... Okay. Oh, my God. I'm already sweating. I've got to look up what year that came out, and I have a feeling <laughs> it is going to shock and stun me. Because in my head, I'm like, it's the new one. <laughs> it's like, that was probably like four records ago. I was... uh, let's look it up here. Oh, yeah. This is going to hurt, right? Diamond Eyes came out in 2008. Fuck wow. me. So what? Just, just a few years ago, huh? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe start there. Because like to me, that one doesn't really have as dated of a production as some of the earlier stuff. I don't feel like you have to have the high school nostalgia attached to it. Okay. There's some fucking jams on there, man. It's like, it's like really heavy Sade at times. Okay. I'm interested. Yeah. And most of the lyrics are about fucking or doing drug instead of hating mom. Wow. Fucking do drug. Those are, you know what? That's a message I can get behind. Fucking do drug. There you go. So maybe mm-hmm. there's something there for you. Maybe you check out a Deftone. Yeah, okay. Maybe I do. That sounds interesting. What do you know about Evil Disco, Steve? Evil mm. Disco. What something is- that's going boonts, doonts, doonts, and also evil at the same time. What do you think? Okay. So you have any examples? I mean, perhaps a Static X. They kind of got lumped into the new metal category. They, uh, uh-huh. they arrived a bit later on the scene. They're kind of like... They're to new metal what maybe like Skid Row was to hair metal, where they showed up a little late to the party, but they're still very much lumped into that, even though they were a little bit different, a little bit more um, modern than okay. some of the other bands that they you know were touring with. That first Static X album, Wisconsin Death Trip, is still a blast, dude. And I'll tell you, okay, I already know how I'm going to sell you on it. Okay. They had a single off of that record called I'm With Stupid. Okay. There's a sample at the end of that song. They use a lot of like samples and electronic stuff in their music. Uh, there's a sample from Linnea Quigley in, uh, what's it, Sorority Slimeball Babo okay. whatever it's called. Uh-huh. They use a soundbite of Linnea Quigley in it. Okay, so, well, that's cool. Yeah. So you're on board. Now, I, I had to look it up because I when you said Static X, I was pretty sure it was the one with that guy who looks stupid. And yes. Yeah. It's that one with that guy who looks stupid. Yep. Not, uh, not his face. It, it's not. It's not. It's not a thing that he can't change. It's the choices he's making of what he's doing with his face. It's the Slim Jim hair. Yeah. Okay. Again. He, he looks like a normal, you know, regular, uh, good-looking fellow, but he's got the dumbest hair and facial hair in the world. And I remember when I 
I first <laughs> saw him because like the first time I heard Static X was on MTV. So I saw him, I was like, nope, not interested. <laughs> no, all right. All right. You know, okay. But, but I will, on the bright I will side, give you got to look at him. You can listen to him and That's not look true. at him. Yeah, you know? I, I, I'm, I'm interested in giving it a shot. Okay. Wisconsin Death Trip specifically. The other records, I I personally didn't get into as much. They started getting a little bit more like serious. But the first record, I mean, it's all disco beats and really groovy, heavy okay. guitar riffs and uh, some goofy lyrics with some very interesting vocal delivery. Like, it's fun. That's what I liked about their stuff is that it wasn't super dark, like, uh, daddy, don't hurt me music. Right. <laughs> it was w- way more fun and silly. Daddy, so maybe you'll don't dig hurt that. me is a bad <laughs> genre. I'm not into that. I'm not into that. Yeah. No. It's one of the biggest problems with the new metal genre for sure, man. <laughs> now, okay. So you like some music. What's got some great ass rhythm sections and I do love a drum yeah, yeah. and a bass. I don't do. You? I do. I do. Maybe you can give a listen to the band in the new metal uh, era what had the best drum and bass maybe that'll draw you into a mud vein specifically oh. ld50 because okay. that's the one you want to listen to for sure mud vein ld50 now mud vein i feel like did they have a popular song they had the burber ding burn burn ding oh yeah dig it was their big hit yeah okay yes i do know i have heard that song yes that's the most simple Neanderthal song on the record. Okay. Um, and, and don't get me wrong, it's still it's pretty cool, but there's some other stuff on there like Nothing nothing to Gain, which is spelled like Ed Gein, so it's Nothing to Gain. Ah, uh, I, I gotcha. Uh-huh. Uh, Internal Primates Forever. There's some really fun stuff on there where the drums and bass are worth listening to. Like The vocals are uh, they're kind of whatever. The guitar riffs are really simple, but sometimes I'll put that record on just to hear the drum and bass, especially the bass playing by Ryan Martini. It is like astoundingly sick. And okay. I want to put out a disclaimer because I hear a lot of people that talk about some sick metal bass player and... Oh man, I'm trash talking right now. <laughs> All that they're doing is playing big guitar. Like they're just following the guitar riff note for note on ah, bass. Okay. And it's like, okay, so he's he's just playing the guitar part. That's not really sick bass playing, but Ryan Martini is legitimately a freak. So Okay. I don't cool. know, man. Maybe the next time I see you, you got your fucking you got your face painted, you you <laughs> changed your name to yeah. um, Sturb or something. Sturb. I don't know. That, you know, goofy ass that is I don't know. my new metal Sturb. persona, Sturb. Yeah, Sturb. <laughs> <laughs> Get disturbed. <laughs> well, okay, okay. This is just a question I have about new metal aesthetic that I should ask here because it's it's not really reflected in the movie, but because these are goths and not new metal people. But new metal yeah. aesthetic feels like the most. I don't want to have sex aesthetic. Oh, I know, right? Right? Like, it is like, please stay away from me. I might have an illness. (laughs) (laughs) Like, when dudes are up there doing the headbang where the toes are, like, pointed inwards and they're just kind of bending halfway over at the back. Like, this is not the look, guys. No, it's not. Yeah. (laughs) New metal is not known for being a sexy genre. (laughs) That's what the Deftones brings to it, man. Right, they bring there you some go. sexy. Yeah. I don't know. Uh-huh. There you go. I mean, maybe, though, you're such a big 80s New Wave fan. Okay. Maybe you want to hear some 80s New Wave stuff in a different light and listen right. to maybe some Orgy. I don't know. Okay. Orgy, I've heard their Blue Monday cover, of course. Yeah. Which by New is Order. great. That is great. It is. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, I haven't Their heard other stuff's else. not as good. It isn't? <laughs> <laughs> no. But that song is still really dope. It's still it's a really so fun good. reimagining. Yeah. <laughs> I know that there's a lot of contention between Orgy and Deadsy okay. um, as far as, you know, ripping off the sound of the original band and stuff. Uh, Deadsy also, I think, is is a cooler band than Orgy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I still kind of like that quasi-industrial sort of thing. That, that stuff does get a little, um, you know, I want my mom slip my wrist kind of sounding. <laughs> right. It gets a little bit of that, you know? Oh, yeah, I am not. Ugh. Papa Roach. Uh, Papa, out of here. Oh, no. Fuck all that stuff. That's a huge no. That's a big old no right there. Um, Okay, I'll tell you this, man. This is just a a personal personal credit I'll put out there. At least New Metal brought seven strings into the guitar mainstream. That's cool. Before that, you know, Mm -hmm. seven string guitar, it was just Steve Vai's thing. There was only the Ibanez universe for the Uh mass-produced guitar market. Very expensive, very unaffordable guitar, but fucking awesome. There's one in Queen of the Damned, by the way. Okay. Uh, uh, UV777BK. I really want one of those guitars. Anyway, uh, (laughs) so at least it brought seven strings out. I play sevens a lot. A lot of my favorite bands play sevens, so Uh that's cool at least. So maybe you can give them that. I mean, so I have them to thank for every band I saw in the mid-2000s. You know... (laughs) No. no, no, I guess not. No, uh-uh. Uh-uh. no, I, no. I liked those bands. I saw, I saw a whole lot of metal bands with seven strings in the mid two thousands. You and saw Human Fuse a fucking I, time. That's right. I saw Human Fuse a damn lot. I sure did. Yeah, and, and we definitely couldn't afford those universes. So I, I, I saw that uh, that uh, that that Whitechapel. Uh, and yeah. they sure seven had a strings. seven string up there. Uh huh. Three of them. Three of them. Shit, they had twenty one strings. There you go, man. Boy, 21 strings sounds like a, a clap stomp hey band. It is. Don't it they? is a clap stomp hey band for sure. Yeah. 21, 21 strings. Yeah. From Asheville. <laughs> they all have vests. they little hats. Oh, always. Yeah. 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 Suspenders on uh-huh. like two or three of them. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it goes, man. That's how yep. it goes. Um, <laughs> let me just lay just one or two more on you here that maybe you should check out. Okay. Let's hear it. What do you know? about a band of brothers, specifically mm. a band of little brothers. Oh, Hanson? say what? Oh, okay, actually, no, but correct era. <laughs> oh, okay, mm. cool. Strangely enough. Who, who is it? I'm talking about a band of what's made up of some little brothers of other noteworthy rock stars what sing some songs that got some fun, goofy-ass sci-fi messaging and imagery attached to it. Okay. And some great-ass grooves. I'm talking about a PM 5K Power Man 5000. Have you listened to Tonight the Stars Revolt? I haven't, but I've heard one song, uh, and I have a very positive association with it. The first time I went to a strip club, uh, a hot goth chick did uh, a a dance to Power Power Man 5000's Worlds Collide. Okay, and dude, this is great. my love language. That's perfect. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Perfect. So, um, yeah, no, that's always cool. I like it. Listen mm-hmm. to the rest of the record. It's actually really good and really fun. Like, that song is a fucking masher, but there's about 10 other ones on the record that hold up to that level. It's really oh, cool. fun. And it's got this, like, fun 1950s sci-fi yeah. vibe to it. And, you know, the singer is Spider Zombie, Rob Zombie's yeah, little uh, brother. I was going to say, isn't he a zombie? <laughs> He's he a zombie. He's a zomboy. Uh-huh. He's a zomboy is what he is. Oh, I hmm. see. And uh, Mike Tempesta, 
buddy of mine is on guitar in that okay. band, uh, who's the brother of John Tempesta from White Zombie and The Cult and tons oh, okay. of other bands. Uh, awesome musician, great dude. There's a lot to love. I still put on that record and uh, and really get into it. Yeah, okay. I, I mean, yeah, I, I always just forget that I do like that one song. I never, you know, the thing is like, because you, you texted me like, you know, uh, talk. you wanted to talk about like, new metal guilty pleasures and i literally just don't have any like yeah. I, I i wish there was one song that when i'm drunk i'm like fuck i want to hear well i don't even have an example <laughs> <laughs> like oh okay <laughs> all right uh, here's the thing i have positive associations with corn not okay. the music but everybody i i was friends with liked corn and i have heard like, i've heard that song uh, and I, I've probably heard their first few albums all the way through several times. And hearing Jonathan uh, Davis's voice in this is like, oh, yeah, I do like his voice. He has a good voice. I hate the this lyrics of sure. most of their songs. Oh, my God. <laughs> terrible. <laughs> so, so fucking shot, man. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> my last little plea in defense of, of new metal, which isn't even my thing. Again, I don't really listen to a lot of this stuff. But right. just to play devil's advocate. And uh-huh. You know, maybe put some light on some of the better aspects of that entire era of music, which produced so much shitty stuff. But right. I'll tell you this. Like, these days, when everything that you hear, in metal and otherwise, is quantized, processed, right. auto-tuned to fuck, uh-huh. unnatural as all hell, Yeah, I've at least got to give it up to new metal in that the production and the performances are real. Yeah, they are. Like mm-hmm. it's it's legit. Like that's yeah. what those dudes sound like in a room. And yeah. that's it. Like there's no there's no, you know, crazy drum replacement, right. uh, yeah, MIDI replacement, quantizing. Definitely none of the half speed fucking garbage that people are doing in metal now with guitar stuff. It's real at least, yeah. you know? Like when you listen to even like, you know, Life is Peachy by Korn or, I mean, honestly, some of the best production is some of the Limp Biscuit stuff, dude. Like $3 Bill uh-huh. and all those records. Yeah. The, the drum production is ridiculous. Shout it out sounds, to RDM. Big. Yeah, big dude. Hell, oh, yeah. He's pumping his fist right now Hell for yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, man, it's it, it really does, just from a fidelity perspective, sound great because this is kind of the last era where people had millions of dollars to invest in making a record with right. great gear, great production, great mixing, great mastering, um, you know, pre-download era when selling music quit being a thing. Right. This is the last era of music that had budget. Yeah. And so it at least is real, and I appreciate that about it. Well, and and I imagine throughout this, uh, uh, Anna has been taking notes because when we were watching it, she was getting into the music. Um, and I Oof. think there, there's I, better stuff to listen to. Well, okay. there's better stuff, but there's some stuff in here for sure uh, that has some high production value and stuff. And I think that's oh, yeah. part of it, right? That it's just like it feels full. It feels mm-hmm. like it feels like there's presence to it rather than the emptiness that you get with a lot of um, you know computer music. <laughs> oh yeah, totally, totally, totally. Because so much stuff now is done 
it's done in box, you know? Yeah. I mean, even even here at home in my home studio, I don't mic up anything. Like, I don't mic up guitar amps. I run them yeah, through my Yeah, you just sent me a song, and, and that was one of the things I noticed about it, uh, a thing that you'd put together, that the guitar sounds like guitar. Like, sounds like a guitar, yeah, right? I love you it. You hear the space in between the notes instead of nah, all ooh, the notes being put together exactly where they should be, and right, there not yeah. being anything in between. You can hear the vibration, and and that is something I will say for sure that I noticed about a lot of the music throughout this is that, yeah, the production is great. You can really yeah. hear. These are musicians. They're putting something together, et cetera. It's not my cup of tea, but mm-hmm. at no, the very least, either. it's real. That's cool. It's real. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So at least it always has that going for itself. Uh, you hear some good tones. You hear some some good performances, some not good performances, too. It's sure. not all great stuff, but <laughs> at least it's honest. Yeah, so. that is nice. That is that yep, is yep, really yep. good. And it, it's, it's something I think always just hits with me because I do listen to a lot of uh, modern, you know, modern <laughs> contemporary music. Uh, and I do like the leaps and bloops. I, I like, you know, computer music. <laughs> I like chopped and dropped. Yeah, baby. I like that stuff a lot. But there is more like actual presence and feeling to yes. real music played by musicians. That's right, man. That's right. So those are my my new metal gateways I want to try to get you into. Let me uh, okay. let me know how those treat you. Yeah, no, I think I'll, especially like Power Man 5000, I yeah. think you're going to like that if you give that a shot. So Yeah, I will. I'll, I'll put together Maybe a little playlist and just listen to it on a drive and see what I feel like. There you go, man. Yeah. That and Wisconsin Death Trip. Those are the ones that are like oh, yeah. my definite recommends. So check those out and let us know about your your new metal gateway drug slash <laughs> in defense of new metal takes over on yeah. our Facebook group. <laughs> Isn't it funny? Like, because we just twice in this month have had to talk about like uh, mid to late nineties subgenres of music. <laughs> In vampire movies, we talked about Ska with Renfield and now (laughs) New Metal with Queen of the Damned, our movie today. Dude, so I mentioned on last week's episode that I hadn't seen this movie in a long time. Yeah. I think it might have been 39 years. I don't think (laughs) I've ever seen this movie before. I think I may have been thinking of something else. This might just be one of those movies that... I saw so many ads and trailers for back in the day that I felt like I had seen it right. because it was always on the back of comic books. It was, it was always yeah. in Wizard Magazine uh-huh. and uh, Game Pro Magazine. Yep. It was in all the shit I was consuming back then. I think I may have convinced myself that I had seen it. And if I had, I didn't remember a goddamn thing. And I just watched this last night, maybe for the first time. Yeah, um, I recently watched it for the first time on the Screaming Chat. My my cousin had liked it um, uh, when it came out. I remember he he enjoyed it, and I never. I don't know. I just don't like. I'm not a big fan of romanticizing vampires, so I've just never I, had uh, any interest in watching yeah. it. But I thought, like you know, maybe just maybe. Because uh, I do like Interview with a Vampire. I like Bram Stoker's Dracula. Sometimes you can have this romanticized view of vampires as long as you're showing like the struggle as well, right? Mm-hmm. This yes. movie doesn't even try that. This movie's about Ugh. vampire politics and vampires hanging out and vampires vampiring into the vampires. It, it's just vampires being 
this pieces of shit they are. Fuck a vampire, <laughs> it's so man. Unlikable, man. Yeah. It's so wholly unlikable. Like there's there's no vampire in this that you can root no. for, empathize with, uh nothing at all, man. And you know, I was thinking recently about about vampires because we've been talking recently on the show about like how much I just am a fan, and I don't think yeah, I really yeah. realized that before until you brought it up. But yeah, I, I do like vampires, and I think a lot of it for me, you know, growing up in a very sheltered, um, let's say, somewhat conformist sort of way right. to the uh, evangelical Christian I- ideal in the '90s. Um, I-, I guess in my head, the reason I like vampires so much is it's very much the perspective of the the outsider. Yeah, people that live yeah. outside of society. They're on the yeah. fringe, and I think that 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 in itself is part of what's interesting about vampires to me. You know, like you you can't relate to you can't relate to a zombie. I've never no. been a dead before. No, but you can relate to being a Dracula if you've ever felt like you're on the outsides of normal society. Yeah, I I think that that is what uh you know. Anne Rice's novels really kind of capture, right? Is that, you know, this feeling of being on the the outskirts, being the marginalized. And that's why uh, her books were very popular with the LGBTQ plus community throughout the, the 80s and stuff. And it, it, is, it is that very much, I think, in the adaptation of Interview with the Vampire. We get to see... You know, how not only are they, uh, you know, this marginalized group, they're on the outskirts, they're on the outside, but also they have to keep their own rules and order and stuff so that people don't discover them. Which, yeah, yeah it's a secret society. Right, which very much harkens back to a, a lot of what... Uh, you know, LGBTQ uh, people have had to go through through right, yeah. so many different generations, times and just, places. Yeah, yeah, having to hide where the party's going to be, but still having the fucking party. You don't let people not, or you don't let people stop you from enjoying your life. But you have to learn how to do it in a way where you're not going to get attacked or shut down, and so that all works well in like her novels. And I think in the adaptation of interview, the vampire in this though, it just seems to be about like, uh, what if you were the coolest goth? Oh my God. That's it. That's all that this fucking is. Yeah. And it feels so much like the, the MySpace drama of the day, right? Like it's, it's so much just like, what this is the 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 movie is telling this story there are two factions of vampires one faction of vampires wants to kill humans and doesn't want humans to know they exist the other faction of vampires wants to kill humans and doesn't give a shit if humans know they exist (laughs) pick which one do you like I prefer the one one that says hey watch out for vampires we're trying to fucking kill you so (laughs) I, I, I don't know I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Dude, how in the world did we get from Interview with the Vampire to this? This feels yeah, it's bad. nothing even remotely similar in tone to the well, to the movie adaptation. I've yeah. not read the book. Kate's read the book, and, and she loves yeah. it. She said it's great. 
And this just feels like this feels like fan fiction that somebody posted on their Angel yeah. Fire page in 1998. <laughs> like this does not feel anything remotely like the motivations, interests, cares, compassions, whatever of the vampire Lestat that we know from the other movie. Well, and that's because Warner Brothers was uh, coming up on a deadline where they were going to lose the rights to the other two Anne Rice books that they had rights to, which were The Vampire Lestat and Queen of the Damned. And so Hmm. they decided to rush uh, a, a production that would combine the two novels so they they rush a screenplay that clearly doesn't work into production and then i'll be honest with you michael reimer does the best he can with it and does the best he possibly can to make it look good i mean we certainly have the fact that there are practical sets and real people doing real stuff and that entire concert scene is actually like 3,000 volunteer goths. Like, that's all cool and fun and interesting. But the story makes no sense. There's nobody to like. None of the characters are interesting. And often they're very badly acted. Uh, Dude, so bad, (laughs) man. So bad. I wish I knew the source material of those two properties better so I could say if this was having any success in adapting them. I know that Anne Rice has basically said, like, I watched this once, I'll never watch it again. She apparently fucking hates this movie. And Michael Reimer apologized to her and said, like, this is not a a real adaptation of your books. So... um, they were just rushed. I mean, I can't be mad at the writers and director of this or any of the actors for being in this rushed production that's just trying to hold on to some sort of cash instead of letting the rights revert back to the author. So I, I can't blame anybody involved necessarily, but I that doesn't mean the final product deserves any <laughs> like leeway because it's it, you've got a director who could do the job if you gave them a little bit of time. I'm sure the writers could have come up with something. It, but dude, it's so the bad. The entire though. premise of Lestat is like, oh man, being being immortal is kind of a drag. I'll just go to sleep until the world's cool again. Uh huh, and, and then. then he's, Awoken by the sound of goddamn new metal. New metal new did metal. it. New metal brought him back to life. You know life. what should have happened? It should have like given us this backstory. Here's what would have tied it together. Okay, now I've got it. It should have given us this backstory of when he was like a little kid. His dad and mom were like super lame and wouldn't let him do whatever yeah. he wanted to. And he was like, screw well, you, mom. That's in this movie. The, the, okay, listen. Marius is the dad in the Lestat situation. And Lestat's like, screw you, dad. I'm going to do my thing. Uh, (laughs) uh, The guy, uh, Paul McGann, David, he's clearly the dad in the situation with Jesse. Okay. okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, even though he's clearly trying to fuck her at the end for something. Like, it's a weird transition, it felt like to me. I got nothing about that David guy. I got no fucking idea what that guy is doing. Nothing. Except being like, hey, be careful. And her being like, you're not going to tell me what to do. I'll go fuck a vampire. (laughs) That is kind of a new metal thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care what you say. I'm going to go fuck a vampire. Yeah. Might be the most new metal thing you can say to your dad. 
Maybe so. Yeah. And then also you have um, Akasha played by Aaliyah, who's probably giving the most to her performance. I don't know if it's the best performance, but she's given the most. Um, she <laughs> she uh, rips the throat out of her statue husband. I guess because he that. can't tell her what to do. So, <laughs> in a way, and I, I kind of, listen, this is what I'm going to defend about this movie. Okay. This movie, I feel like the writers and director and actors knew what this was going to be. They knew it wasn't very good because they had to move forward with what they had and didn't have time. So, they knew, well, we're aiming this. At teens and tweens on the internet. So, what are they the like? The brand new internet. Yeah, what are they like? Oh, they like new metal. They like, uh, you know, these different fashions, etc. They like these things. Let's put that in there and then have a toxic boyfriend relationship that, uh, you know, any teenage girl can as- associate with. And then, boom, MySpace aesthetic, bam, bam, bam. You've got a movie that is considered a cult classic by people who are about eight or nine years younger than us. <laughs> so that's kind of where I landed finally on this is that it's not good. It's, I mean, what you're saying is it is 1000% a product of its time and a yes. very specific time and place. Yes. And it is a very small window of people that are born within a two or three year window that will like this, appreciate it, yeah, relate to it. Absolutely. And we're, we're outside of that. And so we're it's outside of that. So it's not for us. It, it never is going to hit with us. But for them, as I, I mentioned before, it's a sexual awakening movie. And, mm-hmm. and a lot of them mm-hmm. discovered their bisexuality through this movie. I remember so, a lot of people like whenever we did our uh, was it when we did the mummy that we did like yeah, our sexual we talked about list. that yeah yeah uh huh so and a yeah. lot of people did talk about like how hot Aaliyah was right. and uh, a couple other characters in the movie so that was a thing for a lot of people yeah and again yeah. younger than us for sure yeah so that's the thing is that it's just past our like range we're a little too old for it anybody older than us would never connect with it anybody younger than us might along the way if they see it at the right time but probably not because it's very much (laughs) of its time it's trying to capture because this is just a period where everything moved so fast because we had the the fashion of the 90s and y2k that y2k fashion and everything going on and the the feel of like late 90s movies is very distinct Mm -hmm. and then 9-11 happened and Things changed. Everything oh, got yeah. darker. Everything got more like serious and too, just too fuck everything. Like real mm-hmm. nihilistic. Very nihilistic. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I just don't know if anybody's gonna be able to fully connect to that time. But we do live in a time now where MySpace aesthetic is kind of back with the younger generation. And stuff like this probably is relatable because what in the fuck is the future for them? Like mm-hmm, nihilistic yeah. stuff, stuff that's just about, well, who gives a shit? Like who's, you know, what's yeah, important is who's the coolest vampire? <laughs> like it doesn't really fucking matter. There's a matter. lot of kids now that can relate to everything is fucked, everything sucks. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I think like I could definitely see if, if younger generations watch this, they might connect with it. They might very much at, at this point. That's fair. Yeah. But yeah, for us, it, it just is outside of our time and outside of our 
our own because we were adults dealing with 9-11. These were kids dealing mm-hmm. with 9-11. It's a, it's a way different situation. Not that it was fun for anybody, but it was definitely real hard, I imagine, to be sure. a tween or teen and knowing what that means. That's but the not, world you're inheriting. Yeah. Right, yeah. So uh, yeah. I can see that. But That's fair. What but we're you know, watching is a bad movie. <laughs> I was going to say, like, in addition to the fact that this is just a little bit outside of our, um, you know, window of acceptance for this kind of movie and tone, uh, the problem is, is that you and I like movies that have stories (laughs) and forward thrust and and characters characters with motivations, um, things that make for good stories. Like, dude... What the fuck is the story of this movie? Okay, I, what I, is the premise? I I do have that down, and it's not. It, it doesn't help. Please the movie in any me. way. But here Please. it is. Like, okay. I watched it last night, and I'm like, he came back. He was in a band. Yeah, there was a Leah. Yeah. So they, he, I him, don't know. It's over. <laughs> him coming back and being in a band and all that stuff, and the conflict between him and the vampires who want to stay hidden is the the story that is going on for uh 15 minutes of the movie and yeah. then for the other uh 40 something minutes of the movie uh akasha shows up now that this is where the queen of the damned novel starts but they cut so much because they're still trying to resolve all the story issues of the first bit yeah so none of that really fully gets explained that Akasha is, uh, she is inhabited by this vampiric entity uh, as she's uh, about to die back in like uh, uh, Egypt. In 400 BC, five, I think they say. Yeah, something, yeah, yeah four, 500 BC or something. And that's cool. I that's, love the that's idea. That's very interesting. Yeah. Of like these ancient ass vampires, like the, uh, yeah. the mother or father of all vamps. I always cool. think that's a really cool idea. I'm I agree. That. I agree. And I think Aaliyah, like, Aaliyah is, she was. A, a huge uh, Egyptology dork and huge vampire movie fan, and she really was interested in taking this role. And she clearly like thought heavily about her movement and the way she would look. And I think she's doing a great job with all that. But they don't do anything with that story. All they no, do is huh? introduce us to this cool character. Fifty minutes in is when she makes her screen Holy appearance. Wow, dude! Like and the the fucking titular character of Queen of the Dam yes. is late to her own movie, right? <laughs> and, <laughs> and then after that, she's on screen for twenty six minutes total of the movie, and most of that is her being killed. Like, yeah, it is, man. It's and, so, and most of her role in the movie is like, oh, yeah, she's the queen of the damned, whatever, mother of all vampires. And then, like, in the last minute, she's like, I have plans for this war. I'm going to take over the world. Oh, I'm dead. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it, so in the whack, novel, she, her plan was to kill 90% of the men in the world and keep the other 10% as, like, breeders and, and servants. And, cool. That uh, makes sense. Like, hey, Akasha, can I be in the ten percent? What up? <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's a cool plan, and honestly, like, I think that, and, and, and I'm not like I again. I think this was also rushed. I'm not putting blame on the writers. They were doing the best they can. I think that the bits where they have these like patriarchal characters that people rebel against are trying to integrate 
a little bit of a cautious plan because they knew they weren't going to do be able to do a cautious plan unless they were only a, a, adapting Queen of the Damned. But they mm-hmm. had to adapt both novels. And it doesn't yeah. work. It's just no. not going to work. I mean, if, if that's like the, the the bill you've been handed, hey, we've got a rush job. you got to turn these two huge books, because those Anne Rice books are big, Yeah, yes. into one movie. That is a tall order to yeah. Like, and, That's and, kind of impossible. Yeah, and it was, yeah, it's exactly it. It's, it wasn't going to be good. So I, I just can't put that at the feet of the writers, but I feel like... The fact that you don't have, you have all these story elements they expect you to include, which leaves no time for characterization, no Mm-mm. time for really developing arcs. I mean, the stakes of the movie are stated 82 minutes in when Marius says, This is why we fight to protect this family. Yeah, like, oh, that would have been nice to know this entire movie to right. know why any of this fucking shit mattered. <laughs> right? Why is that so late? And now we're supposed to be sold on why anything is happening. (laughs) Jesus, man. Yeah. So we've we've got Lestat. He's like, being eternal is boring. I'll go to sleep. I'll wake up. I'll join a band. I'm (laughs) super famous. Uh, I've got a a a fan who's just a, a big fan of vampires and stuff. That's in a paranormal investigation society that doesn't actually do anything though they just observe yeah and uh, uh according to the wikipedia on the telemaskin uh people <laughs> apparently in the books so many of them eventually just become vampires that i really finally put together like oh i think that's kind of what they're doing and what we do in the shadows with the familiars is like they're all yeah. like super interested in vampires because they want to totally. be vampires. It's like a fan club. Yeah, for sure. it is. That's The Talamaskans are just a fan club and she is the ultimate fan. She wants to fuck a vampire so bad and she wants to be a vampire so bad since she was a little kid. Why not have her openly saying these things so that when it happens at the end it's a victorious moment rather than like she's pretending to want to understand vampires for no reason and then she's like oh am i gonna get turned oh no oh wait i'm not oh <laughs> oh <laughs> it's what, I don't what know. is the point what's yeah, I, the fucking point there's her story is so poorly done like there's really just no like, she's there so we have someone to root for because, as I said, both sides are terrible. But yeah. then she's on one of the sides. So yeah. we can't really root for her. Dude, and the biggest mistake that the movie made was with that character, Jesse, introducing us to what could have been a really interesting story to pursue, which is the fact that she is a human being that was, I guess, raised in a family of vampires. Yeah, that's... I want to know that fucking story. Okay, that sounds so, dope. Yeah, that. So yeah, that is the story of what's going on with Jesse. Is Maharet? Uh, sh- she has protected her bloodline after becoming undead, and she does. She won't allow them to become vampires, but she has continually protected them. That's and kept cool. Them, yeah. So that's all interesting and could have been a really good story. Like, if that was the story the movie wanted to tell, it really, like, it really just comes down to why did they not 
make a sequel to Interview with the Vampire when they could have. Like I know you waited. What what was it? Maybe eight nine years before you decided to make anything. Like the first what one were you was doing the whole time. Right, I just don't know. I don't understand it. I don't get it. Like Interview with the Vampire was a massive massive mainstream hit. I mean, it was clear that people wanted to know more about these characters and this universe that Anne Rice created. The books were fucking huge. Also, I was unaware... The, that book series started in the 70s. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah. She did, she wrote the first one, and then it, it uh, didn't go over extremely well. I mean, it went over fine, but it just didn't sell extremely well. Uh, it kind of picked up some sales over, over time, and then she wrote the sequel, The Vampire Lestat, and that did really well, which, of course, boosted sales of the original. And then Queen of the Dam came out, and it did really well. So, yeah, she's, she's been working on these books for, for quite a while. And yeah. I, I think, yeah, if I, I would just say that if, if you've had an author working 10 years on a sequel to a book and you just a few years later make the adaptation of the first book and it does well and people like it, why do you not get that fucking sequel out? <laughs> why Strike why while they the drag iron is hot. Feet? Yeah, what? Come on. I have no idea, man. I got no idea. And, yeah. and the thing about it is, man, is that, you know, Interview, which started this entire, uh, you know, association with these characters. Right. It did so many of the things that vampire movies and stories should be. Uh-huh. It was sexy. It was yes. romantic. Yeah. Uh-huh. It was brutal. It was also, uh, you know, tragic. Right. This movie does none of that shit. Well, I none. think, I think again, if you were younger when you saw this, you would say this is sexy and romantic. The relationships okay, may, may. being, yeah, the romantic relationship being shown is toxic and terrible. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. As far as sexy, I don't know. It, it's I it may just be us, but the two thousands were the most unsexy decade, Oof, right? Easily, easily, easily without a doubt. Decade. Yes. So uh, even even though there are there's so many attractive goth women in this movie, so many, uh, I yeah, it doesn't to me stick out as sexy, but it does to people who were you know teens watching this, and I get that, I entirely understand that. Yeah, I suppose, but man, there's just there's nothing here for me that I want to see in a vampire movie, including any characters that have motivations dude like this is something (laughs) (laughs) about this movie that i was thinking about today where i was like what are the clear motivations of any character okay steve what is david's motivation okay david's motivation is i'm the daddy for a while but then when you come (laughs) back as a vampire i want to fuck you but no kissing me please what an interesting story. Yeah, p- poor Paul McGann is just like given nothing. And Ugh. it seems again like this is a real interesting cast of characters who are into the supernatural very specifically like vampires, the werewolves and stuff like that. They're experts in werewolves. They're very interested in Lestat. They've seen he's come to public and said I am this vampire or whatever like Seems like you could make a story about them interesting and make that work, but no. We don't even try. We just introduce that they exist and then go, yeah, you know, whatever. 
What's up with his ending in the movie? Where I guess... Uh, <laughs> the worst. What? Marius is just like, I guess I'll go kill this guy. And we're, I get, we're watching Marius not look into camera, but basically winking to camera. Like, yeah. I'm going to go kill this guy. And we're supposed to be like, good. I didn't wow, understand we... why we hated him. <laughs> I know. He didn't do anything. There were vibes early on in the movie where it's just like, oh, yeah, he's going to end up being this manipulative yeah. father of this organization with ulterior motives. Nope. Not really. <laughs> no, nope. he's he's kind of doing what he says. He's like, yeah, we're a paranormal society. We just kind of observe and report. Meh. Vampires are cool. That's basically it. And, I mean, that's... Yeah, it's like, why even inter... Oh, oh my shit, what was that? God. <laughs> What was that? that jug of wine. <laughs> Keep this in the podcast. This is riveting. <laughs> you gotta clean this. Hold up. <laughs> we gotta address this. We'll just jump right back in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Momentary disruption right there. Uh, yeah. Edit in in podcast land. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we just had man. We just had a tragedy because yeah. uh, your piss jug. Uh huh. <laughs> Your future potential piss vessel, right? And it just bit the dust, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, I had a big old four liter of Carlo Rossi here on my desk, and my wild hand gestures just knocked it off, and it <laughs> shattered because it was mostly empty. It just shattered. Oh my god! Oh my god! I mean, luckily, again, there wasn't a lot of it. I have like a, I have like a little pad for my chair on top of my rug, but there is a big red wine stain on my rug now. <laughs> I mean, fortunately, you got that fucking uh, brass duck by your bedside. You can piss into you later. <laughs> yeah, you're already right. equipped I'm to equipped. deal with the nighttime pussies. <laughs> Jesus, what a man. tragedy absolutely I, <laughs> jesus carlo rossi if you're hearing me your jugs break is that a thing Fix oh it. man <laughs> that glass ain't tough no more because of woke yeah woke what it done is. this biden mm-hmm. done it because uh-huh. biden that's uh-huh. why glass mm-hmm. used to be a lot tougher back when men was men <laughs> yep <laughs> they'd put semen in it that's what it was I dribble my fucking Carlo Rossi jugs full of cum back in the day. I dribble them <laughs> like a ball. That's what? how we done. What are we talking about? I don't know how nobody in this fucking movie has any motivation. So oh, what right. is mm-hmm. our main character, Lestat? Yeah. His motivation is being a new metal band. <laughs> That's it. That really is it. There's nothing else driving him until for some reason... I mean, it's just this toxic teenage relationship with Jesse that suddenly gives him some other motivation. But every interaction he has with her is just abusive and bad. Like, yeah, what? Like, I just don't even understand how we're There's supposed nothing good to going on there. Yeah, how are we supposed to come to like him? Because he is. He is our protagonist, essentially, in a lot of ways, right? But yeah. He's hateable. Very much his story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but what's there to like about him? Right. Know? Yeah, it doesn't uh, make sense. No, I, I don't get it, man. I also just do not understand how we got to know that character in interview. He's back in this one. We hear his speaking voice, and then we hear his singing voice, which 
which is just literally Jonathan Davis from Corn. Yeah. Uh, that's not that's not his voice. No, like, at all. Wouldn't and be his voice, we, no matter what. He he we're doesn't. We're first exposed to this man. Yeah. Whenever he awakes from his hundred years of slumber. <laughs> And interrupts a band practice that's going on in his old house. Right. And the band is jamming their new metal fucking bullshit. <laughs> and he sneaks in and does a sexy pose laying on top of the amps and just starts singing the fucking song. Yeah. <laughs> it, but it also sounds like it's been processed. Like it sounds... Oh, yeah. Like somebody worked hours on making it sound that way, and he's just laying casually open. And all he does as an actor is open his mouth like he's a fucking radio. <laughs> and corn comes out, right? <laughs> yeah. And he's he's like not even singing through a PA. No. Like the band is full on playing with like Marshall stacks and live drums and shit. And he's just like, I'll do a sexy. Uh, lay down with my head in my hand like Burt Reynolds in a, a Playgirl spread. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. And just sing over the music. Dude, maybe what? that's a vampire power we just never heard about. It might be. Yeah. You know, that's not one of those that, that we've ever heard of. But I do apparently understand now that after you've had um, a, a hundred years slumber, you awaken with such dark thoughts in your head as to write lyrics that are like, why did you leave me? Leave me so cold. Hug. And <laughs> oh, also, man, the, the song that opens and closes the movie, the chorus of it is, we walk amongst you feeding raping. Must we hide from everyone? Yeah. 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 What? You murder and rape. Yes. You should be <laughs> hidden. You should hide. Because we want maybe. you to go to jail or be dead. I don't yes. understand. Like, what the fuck? What, what is the ugh, What is the tone <laughs> of this? If not, I hate you, dad. Well, because new metal at its core is just about shocking your parents. Yes. Like, that is all that it is at the end of the line is just Ugh. like what can i say that will offend mommy and daddy take that <laughs> oh yeah now I've i you. listen to corn Ooh, take that dad dude he's busting out these just shit ass emo ass new metal whiny fucking lyrics yeah and then the band is called <laughs> the vampire lestat You've got to be kidding. You've got to be fucking kidding me. It's... They're like... They're just like... Not even trying, right? Like, there's no attempt there. Like, why not... Oh, like the name of the book. Oh. And like the thing he says, which through his narration we learn, he thinks it is like hokey or something. I don't understand what he's saying when he's like... Oh, this would come with such relish. My name is the Vampire Lestat. <laughs> Shut up. Also, where's the narration go? It just Oh, yeah, sh- they kind of forgot about that. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> Dude, and the thing is, is that this band, the Vampire Lestat, takes the world by storm, even though they are on the verge, apparently, of playing their first and only show ever? Yeah. What the fuck are you talking about, dude? Like, 
Okay, I, a band can become really big now without playing a show. Yeah, it's true. Sure, you uh-huh. can build a lot of hype for yourself online before you've played a concert. Right, but like in this era, this is the last era of live music. They're playing their first and only show, like. That's honestly more black metal than new metal to be like, oh, no, we don't play shows. We only record. We're going to do one show ever, and then we're all going to do a fucking death pact. Like, that's new me- uh, fucking black metal, <laughs> yeah. if anything. I, I think, again, like, it feels like these are, this is the fan fiction of a 14-year-old MySpacer. Yes, yeah. 100%. Yeah, it, it's not... It's not missing anything. They wrote it exactly how they wanted it. And that is just nonsensical. But there's new metal songs that they like in it. And Aaliyah has sex with Lestat. <laughs> <laughs> so sick. Yeah. Like, I. Yeah. I, I think Christ. in a lot of ways, though, it's like, well, then it is a success. Like, if they were aiming at this audience and hit with that audience. And. The movie didn't necessarily make money. It made $10 million over budget, but you know how that is in Hollywood. The budget doesn't include the advertising, et cetera, blah, right. blah, blah. Sure. So, it, you know, it's not the type of movie where it made a ton of money, but $45 million is a lot of money. A lot oh, of people yeah. saw this movie. <laughs> That's a lot of people. And so I, I feel like it did hit with its audience and has had staying power with its audience, which is kind of all you can hope for when you get into a rushed production type of situation. So mm-hmm. in that way, the movie is a success, but it's, su- I don't like it. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> now, let me ask you, this. this is something I was thinking about. If you were a, a, a vampire who came to be in the foppish Victorian era, you know? Uh-huh. And you reawoke way later. What genre of music do you think you would play? Because I don't think huh. that new metal would be the thing. Like, to me, in my head, if Lestat, who is this, you know, amazing violinist from right. way, way B in the D, mm-hmm. if he came back in the modern age, I think there's two choices. He's either going to be in a fucking symphonic black metal band like right. Jimmy Borgir, which would make all the sense in the world. And would have been great. Would have been would have been great, man. Mm-hmm. The orchestral elements, the screeching, yeah. the demonic presence and right. appearance. Like he should be in fucking Dimu Borgir. Is what he's uh-huh. doing. Or Yellow Card. Life is cool. I'll do some fiddling over these pop punk beats. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I I would agree with you there. Like, that makes the most sense. And in fact, like, it's weird to show him being this great violinist and then, you know, see that he kills the violinist and the movie has told us that whenever they drink, they absorb the uh, talents and abilities of the people whose blood they drink. So now he's like uber violinist, right? So that Hmm. should come into play at all, ever? No, he doesn't. No, oh, okay. no, he should. He should do whiny lyrics about being left in the cold and alone. right. And I asked a, a resident violinist Anna um, how he was doing because they did have an actual violinist play his parts, and they're great. Like she, she said he was he was doing a great job, uh, and she very much appreciates that when you get to see somebody actually playing the music that you're hearing on the movie. Uh, mm-hmm. But then the music that he's playing, which she said is is complicated, 
to play to my ear sounded like mosquitoes buzzing which is not something i -hmm. find to be good so whether it was yeah talent or whatever why didn't they like also make the music like something i would like that stood out to me too and i'm not a i'm not a violinist i'm not in the know about this but to me the sound that we got off of the the acoustic like non-electrified violins that are in this movie it sounded like it was coming off of like a piezo pickup it didn't sound like it was a live acoustic mic'd up violin sound yeah she did yeah plasticky in process Anna did point that out that if i had heard it live i would probably appreciate it more because obviously the way they recorded it isn't great but yeah i i i i don't know i feel like every scene meanders and doesn't like it doesn't know that the other scenes exist so like mm-hmm. each scene is its own little like vignette of Lestat's life and whether or not those things are all going to connect, who knows? What does it matter? It's just <laughs> going to be a thing. It is disappointing to me though knowing that uh the vampire Lestat has the voice and beatboxing abilities of one Jonathan Davis right. all along. <laughs> uh-huh. It is really disappointing to me that in Interview with the Vampire, he did none of that. Like, Never think of was. all the scenes with, with Louis right. where he could have like beatboxed before uh-huh. he bit, bit him, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah, show shit. me how to yeah. be a vampire. Mm-hmm. Step one. <laughs> like, he could have been doing it the whole time. Are you kidding? Like The guy comes out of the coffin 100 years later ne- just really knowing how to new metal. Like He gets the yeah. vibe immediately. It's almost like what the movie is saying is the vibe of being a vampire is new metal. Dude, you know what? With that comment that you just said about how whenever they, they feed on somebody, they kind of absorb their powers and all this. Yeah. It should have sh- fucking shown us, man. As soon as he gets out of the coffin, first thing he get- he does is he's starving. He goes to the nearest mall, and he, like, sucks a Hot Topic uh, fucking late-night manager dry. <laughs> and that's where he gets all the new metal powers from. Yes. That sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> like, that would have made sense. Yeah, absolutely. And he also walks out with, like, you know, some really chunky platforms or something. Oh, yeah, with his uh, crazy uh, fucking Super Street Fighter full energy bar uh, shadow blur move behind him that all the vampires do when they're doing Dracula stuff. This is so interesting that we just talked about in Renfield how they did such an interesting and innovative way of showing the super speed by showing it in normal speed, but showing uh, Nicholas Holt flying through the air slow. Right. This movie is just like, what if the vampires moved fast, but not fast in the least bit? In fact, slower than normal. But it showed like a little shadow them behind to, to make it indicate that they're going so fast. <laughs> That's but how you know. We're not going to speed up the film or anything. Uh-uh. No, it's no. just, oh, they're fast. Here's a, <laughs> uh, like, what if your butt was a little bit out of the water, but a little bit in the water and you farted? That's the noise it would make if a vampire went fast. Yeah, that is the noise. <laughs> it's it's awful, dude. Like this movie has no gore to speak of in no. it. Other than that one guy getting decapitated. <laughs> Which okay. What was that guy? It what was that back, guy? Okay. It, he's wearing a do-rag and an American flag shirt. Like he's fucking Rex from Rex Quando. And they stop on the we've seen so many blur vampires in this fight. This guy they show him, stop on him, give him a whole like uh, 
cut through the neck, wait a second, figure out my head's falling off expression moment. Uh-huh, and, yep. and like they made they made this choice to put him in a do-rag in an American flag shirt. Is this from the book? Is this a character like that Queen of the Damned fans would be like, oh my God, it's Bubba. Everybody loves Bubba the Vampire. I don't know, but I'm pretty sure I found my Halloween costume for next year. <laughs> so, do-rag, American flag shirt, cape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like red line across my neck. Red line I'm that guy that got his head cut off in Queen of the Damned. You don't know? What? <laughs> what? Everybody knows that guy. Jesus yeah. Christ, man. Great call. Okay. Here's another question as far as the motivations and stuff of these characters. Uh, I really thought that this whole thing with like Lestat's journal was going to become relevant at some point. No. Uh, and no. then it's just, it's not. They decided not to instead. Nothing's going to become relevant at some point in this movie. <laughs> that's Yeah, that's the yeah. thing, right? Nothing. Yeah. Nothing, Nothing is going to come back. It's not going to become relevant. It just is happening in front of you and if 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 it's happening now that's the world we're in and if it didn't happen now well i don't know what was that what's the world that Aaliyah is in where she just wants to <laughs> wiggle worm walk across yeah. it and i guess conquer the earth or something i don't know I, but also at the same time kill a whole ton of her own kind she kills a lot of vampires yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's it's wild like that seems to be her only motivation is kill vampires which just killing everything i guess how does that help i don't know yeah the wiggle worm thing i think is clearly like man i don't know she's she, she, she's she's using her body movement to to put off a weird vibe while also like keeping her back straight and shoulders back in a regal sort of way so mm-hmm. i i like the choice she made she she kind of it's almost like she looked at her body in the mirror and was like I'm pretty snaky I could be a snake <laughs> I could snake around a little bit yeah, and have so a she does. indeterminate accent what is the accent I don't know Uh yeah it's huh it's um what like uh Brit, Brit, <laughs> foreign. Brit British foreign foreign, foreign yeah. accent yeah <laughs> it's brother accent also absolutely because unfortunately Aaliyah uh died six months That's after sad. production mm-hmm. of this but uh sh- six weeks that is after production of this oh and wow was Jeez, not soon. able to do any adr on it or whatever so her brother was brought in to do adr which is interesting mm-hmm. uh and they did a whole bunch of like post on it which is why it sounds weird but it also that wasn't something I even thought of. Like, I was no. like, that's fine. Yeah, she's an ancient vampire. Her voice sounds weird. Fine. Yeah, it's kind of this, like, yeah. processed, weird, ghostly kind of voice. Yeah, like, cool. I, I totally Bar- bought it. I was fine with that. Yeah. So, um, that worked out for him, right? <laughs> it's just like, I oh, think okay. so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it's sad to learn about her life, man. I mean, obviously, we yeah. all know she was taken from us way too early. But, but also, like, yeah. If you don't know about all the stuff with R. Kelly and all yeah. that jazz... Uh, go and go and look that up. It'll or definitely don't. make you <laughs> just uh, know yeah, that it's don't. not good. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and, and know that R. Kelly is legitimately a yeah, monster. He's a piece of shit. Real oh piece man, of shit. just mm-hmm. the absolute fucking worst. Uh, her whole life seems like it was really sad. Well, yeah, a lot of real sad shit happened to her, but she also made a lot of really good positive stuff. So, True. you know, I, I think. Yeah, I mean, it sucks. She she was what twenty one when she yeah. died, and and just 
so talented and uh, unfortunately like i i really do think her performance in this was the most compelling performance and the the most the most attempt at doing something with this clearly not great boring sort of story and so yeah i i I definitely think she had a future in acting and it you know, she she had a lot of future in everything. She was very talented. It's it's a damn shame. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Um, what about? I keep calling him Maurice, but Ma- Ma- Maris, Morris, what is it? Uh, uh Marius. Uh-huh. Marius. What's his motivation, dude? Other than ah. doing some really, really shot ass paintings. <laughs> yeah. Um. I I don't know. It really does seem to be What's that thing? he. Just, he just wanted to paint bomb uh, a bunch of people. Oh, I, I don't. Is he Banksy? He's, he's Banksy. Banksy. Oh uh, my god! That all makes along. Sense. He's, he's Banksy. a Banksy. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> no. If I, you rearrange I, the letters in his name, it spells Banksy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah you're right. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm looking Do at him math. now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you math it yep. right, it's Banksy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I think. I think. Like. Yeah. He. He's the type of character that you only introduce if you're going to be able to go into depth of the story. You only introduce him and the five vampires we see later who are all clearly distinct characters dressed differently from distinct eras. Very what we do in the shadows type of thing. But we don't know anything about them. Uh Uh-uh. Like, don't introduce the characters if you can't give me something. Like, I understand, like, you know, you're trying to include stuff from the books, but it's like, okay, if you can only do stories from these two books, what's the best you can do? Okay, combine Lestat and and uh, Akasha's story from the beginning. From the beginning, have that sure. all going on, which they sort of do by having him find the statue clearly at her behest, but it's not she disappears after that and she's not even in that scene really she's a statue so if you kind of interwove it better or whatnot like this all could have worked in some way but again that would take time that they probably just didn't have so this is just a failure on warner brothers part and everybody else like (laughs) i mean they tried to make something it's but they tried to make something (laughs) i can't figure out why lestat would care about jesse like, it seems like he should have nothing to do with her. She should be of no significance. Mm-hmm. But they kind of play up like there's supposed to he be some kind of romance. Her. Yeah. Like yeah. She wakes up hearing his call, and it's like, why? Why, why though? Why? Yeah. Where did that come from? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Because there needs to be a movie here, I guess. I guess. I mean... <laughs> You uh, you could cut the Jesse character because I guess she's there to be the one person we can root for because, again, as I said, the two sides aren't worth rooting for. But she takes a side and then becomes a vampire. And it's like, well, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not rooting for her either. I just don't. And they you don't have us. you don't have <laughs> yeah exactly you don't have to root for a character in a movie like obviously like Reservoir Dogs or any number of great like crime thrillers or other horror movies etc. But this doesn't give us anything to care about either. 
Like you're mm-hmm. not invested. So not rooting for the characters and not being invested in the story. It's like, mm. and that's the thing too. With Lestat, it's like, you could maybe be like, well, maybe you care about him because of interviews with Vampire, but he's the bad guy in that. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> he's like, not good in that. Like, and they wanted to bring Tom Cruise back. So, like, yeah. what would be the baggage there? We'd all be like, oh, here's the bad guy. Now we're supposed to like him? No, I don't. I don't no. like him. <laughs> Louis was the guy that you cared about in that. Right. Lestat is the careless uh non-compassionate just like sociopath murderer vampire who's lived so long that life has no meaning right there's very little to like care about with that guy in the first place yeah yeah we're supposed to i mean at the very least the best way to get a reader in would be to have something to to hold on to uh, and in this case, I think the books have that because you're watching Lestat and Lestat is going against these vampires we already learned about from the first book. And there's all sorts of like carryover of the story and whatnot. This doesn't have that. So we're not invested in any of the characters. We don't really hate or like anybody. Uh, and if we're supposed to like Lestat, like, well, I don't. I mean, it, it may not be. I, I don't know. Maybe I, I just don't buy Stuart Townsend, even though I know Anne Rice did like his casting and didn't like Tom Cruise, though she hated <laughs> yeah. this movie. Um, I just, I don't know. To me, I'm not, I'm not buying him. I'm not into, I'm not, I, I feel like Tom Cruise has a look in his eye that is scary. And, <laughs> well, yeah, naturally. <laughs> yeah. And that's what you need from a vampire is no matter how erudite, no matter how sexy, no matter how whatever, you need to be scared of them a little bit. And he's not scary at all. Mm, no. It's just missing. It's just yeah. Missing. Yeah. At least we get that awesome fucking fight scene at that concert at the end, man. I mean, that's fucking sick, right? <sighs> <laughs> okay. I will say at the end of the movie where... Um, Aaliyah turns that like bronze kind of looking thing whenever she dies. It was uh-huh. kind of cool. It, it was. was. Neat. And then it turned into a PS1 scene. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, it sure did. In a hurry. Yeah, we were talking about that too. Anna and I were watching it. It was like, oh, the statue actually looks pretty good, especially for this era. Yeah. And then it starts dissolving and it's like, what the f? <laughs> yeah, then it, it screen doesn't saver anymore. ass nonsense. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally, man. Okay. I'll, I'll throw one plus out there. You ready? Okay. I like how the vampires have that kind of eye shine effect, that very yes. animalistic yeah. looking thing that's going on I whenever like light hits their eyes and it's just flat reflective like a dog. Yeah. It looks I good. like that. Mm-hmm. That's neat. Yeah. I, I think that is. And uh, that does I got. a good <laughs> job of like showing them as more animal, which is actually a bad job for the movie because, again, we're supposed to connect to them. So yeah, it's like, it's a real good element that doesn't actually help the story or anything, but that's fine. I, I, yeah, I think there's just not a lot to like here. I do like Marguerite Moreau who plays Jesse. I don't think she has any sort of character to work with, uh, but she was in the mighty ducks. She was in the mighty ducks. She's in wet, hot American summer. She's a cutie. Uh, you know, you can't complain there, but 
She doesn't do anything no in the movie. character in this movie. <laughs> Dude, how fucking long is this movie? An is hour it the longest minutes. movie? No, yeah. it's it's no, three it's hours, hours and <laughs> it's three hours and a hundred minutes. Yeah, you're right. Is. You're right. It is the most. Like the whole movie, every time that I would have to pause, which was inevitable, because yeah. ugh, I just couldn't I just couldn't keep watching it. I'd have to pause and I'd be like, surely it's almost over. No, nope. not even no close. No time has passed. Not even close. Gotcha. Like, <laughs> you watch this movie for 20 minutes and then you pause it and you're like, I'm, I'm actually 30 minutes before where I was <laughs> when I paused it. Yeah. Like, it's it like went a time vortex. Somehow. <laughs> yes. Man, like, Kate and I were watching it last night and there was like a time that she had to get up and use the bathroom. And so I paused the movie and I was like, thank fucking God, I can check my phone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, look at literally anything. And then well, she got back and she's like, uh, I need to do my Duolingo. And I'm like, thank God, do two <laughs> of them. Well, I, I think maybe what's going on here is that you have the eighth doctor, Paul McGann, in this. So he's what? barely in the movie, it seems. But in fact, he's doing all the timey-wimey, whatnot he's nonsense. He's timey-wimey. Yeah. Which character is he? David. Oh, that's David. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, he might be getting timey-wimey on us. He might be right, man. <laughs> Fuck me. there's Dude, there's just so many points in this that I just felt embarrassed. I felt that like sympathetic empathetic embarrassment yeah. for people who thought they were doing something cool and i felt embarrassed for the actors that had to go on screen and lip sync to jonathan davis's yeah lyrics uh i just felt embarrassed watching this yeah you know what's interesting and that just stood out to me as a, a real like i don't know what to make of this Whenever David is pulling out the different paintings to be like, hey, who's this yeah. guy? Mm -hmm. The first painting he pulls out, you see Marius in the reflection of a mirror. Oh, fuck. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> what? Really? Why? Why did they do that? Why did Come they on. do that? In Anne Rice's books, can they see their reflection? Is that something maybe I'm missing? But also... I don't think so. The movie doesn't try to explain, like, oh, that's all nonsense. So, the movie, it's first time it shows us Marius. It shows a painting of him as a reflection in a mirror. <sighs> what are we supposed to think about vampires beyond this? Dude. I just don't understand. <laughs> like, it's such a bad oversight. Unless, again, it's something from the novels that I haven't read but again, yeah. that's not my problem. I no. didn't make the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? It just yeah. goes on so long, and I'm just sitting here going, what is the point of this? What is the arc of the story? What is the yeah. forward thrust of anything that's going on? It's a good question. And it seems like they, they try to cram it in in the last 15, 20 minutes of the movie where, like you said, there's this family that's being protected. There's this war that Aaliyah wants to wage on humans, and it's yeah. just... Right at the end of the movie, and then the movie's over. It's like there's no stakes, there's no suspense, there's no, I wonder what's going to happen with this character. You Nothing. Know what? It's just some stuff. I just figured it out. Hit me. The, the people who wrote this were vampires. 
And when they have the, all the time in the world, when the producers were like, "Where are the stakes?" They were like, "Blah, stakes, Blah, no stakes, Blah. no stakes, no stakes." <laughs> now you mentioned to me earlier, which just makes this even sadder. I was talking about how embarrassed I am for everybody that was in this. Yeah, I'm also really, really, really embarrassed for somebody who lost their life as a result of this movie what in the fuck this is the craziest like little like tag we could add to this but alan menzies of west lothian scotland um he killed his friend thomas mckendrick and drank his blood and claimed that queen akasha told him to do it boy that's humiliating that sucks yeah like that just that sucks that like yeah an actual person human died life <laughs> yeah because of this was movie snuffed out because of this movie which has new metal vampires in it that yeah. blows yeah. humans are the worst uh you know it's uh, uh, uh <laughs> i don't know i couldn't mount a defense of humanity in the face Nothing. of that that's like, a nah, good point got it <laughs> nope, that's pretty much it Dude, this is one of the shittiest vampire movies I have ever seen. This is one of the shittiest movies I think we've ever done on this show. Wow. Really? I think, I yeah. mean, well, I mean, I feel like we've just done so many terrible movies on the screaming chat and Ice Cream Sunday that I'm like, yeah, no, this is, I mean, it's down there. It's not great. But I mean, at least it's not shot on VHS or sure, whatever, right? Yeah, you know? the, that's what I'm saying is that the direction is good. There's... There's elements to this that elevated above some of the worst vampire movies I've ever seen. However, when you take into account the budget and the source material and all that, you're right. It's one of the worst uh, high-budget vampire movies I can think of. There's a lot of bad vampire movies. I was there thinking about this yeah, uh-huh. earlier when we, whenever we started the episode. I was like... What is the classic movie monster that has the most shitty movies attached to it? Like, there's mm. there's not well, a lot of great werewolf movies, like truly sure. excellent werewolf yes. movies. Yeah. But I don't know that that many of them reach the depths of how shitty some vampire movies get. Yeah. Vampire movies might be some of the worst. Yeah. And then also, like, just think about this. While watching this, I kept thinking, like, wait, did Stephanie Meyer watch this before she wrote her novels? And they looked it up. For real. And For real, she right? probably did. Yeah, the she timeline checks out. did, yeah. Ugh. This <laughs> Ugh. sucks. This, this sucks. sucks so yeah. much, man. <laughs> I, uh, I have no desire to rewatch this again. I have no desire no. to hear... <laughs> Fucking down with the sickness in a movie soundtrack, dude. (laughs) Fuck me, dude. The soundtrack to this just blows. It's all so embarrassing for me to watch this. And I I understand that that, you know, we, we existed in a time we were of, of age in a time when this is just not for us. Mm-mm. And we've certainly liked movies in the past that were directly aimed at us that I'm sure other people probably aren't that big on. But when breaking down all of the elements of this movie, 
it really comes down to you had to be there. It had to be the right time and place for you for this movie to be a cult classic, which people, you know, claimed it is. And I, I accept that. The, a cult classic at its core is there are a large group of people, much like a cult, who love a thing inexplicably. And that's yeah. what this is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have my own things that I, I love that I know that are trash. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so yeah, I get that. You know, I get yeah, that. Yeah, I, I, I get it. I, but I totally, I, it's totally not get for it. me. No, 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 no. Do you got any other thoughts about this thing? No, no, I'm ready to rate this because this is, yeah, yeah this, <laughs> this sucks. doesn't deserve any more time. Uh, no, I really uh, hate this movie, dude. Yeah. Just overall, like when I was trying to think of anything positive to say about it, I mean, again, the eye shine thing is cool. That's about it for me. <laughs> I really was just bored to tears yeah. watching this because just nothing is happening and there's no cool gore. There's no like hot sexy romance stuff going on there's just nothing going on in this fucking movie well uh it's a crime to be boring and this movie is dull as fucking watching you know eggshell white paint dry (laughs) this is gonna be low for me dude i would contend this movie has two things going for it one there are a lot of very attractive women in it just a lot well, all over the place the 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 violin player gorgeous just a gorgeous mm-hmm. woman mm-hmm. also the film ends it comes to a, a conclusion and the it stops it stops being a movie <laughs> and that's, then i don't have to watch it again yeah yeah that's like one of my highlights that's kind of it to do yeah that. <laughs> dude for me this is like a fucking one and a half it's low this sucks I okay. I was thinking two, and I will stick to two. This is a two. Um, Ooh, lethal. Yeah, the the things that I, I do like about it, as I said, there are a ton of gorgeous women. A ton of gorgeous women also on Instagram, Twitter, Reddit, etc. Uh, and those aren't motion pictures, <laughs> and I don't have to dedicate an hour and forty minutes to them. Mm-mm. So, Mm-mm. Um, also the fact that it ends, you know what everything does. Uh, <laughs> Ooh, how like life this is. Yeah, so it doesn't have a lot going for it. So yeah, two. Terrible. But I know there's people out here that, that love this movie, oh, including absolutely. some of our dead and lovely and listeners. And love your so. movie. Go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to yuck anybody's yum, man. Uh, but if you like it and you want to help explain to us why we should, let us know over there on the Facebook group. Or if you fucking hate it like we do and you want to point yeah. out <laughs> stuff that we missed, please do that, too. I would love to continue hating this movie. So yeah, let us know your thoughts about this one over on our Facebook group, our Instagram page, anywhere you guys can follow us on social media. Use our Linktree page to find all those things. Most importantly, our Patreon page. That's right. you can give Give us money mm-hmm. so that we can uh, uh, buy blood to drink. That way we don't have to kill you guys and drink your blood. Yeah, and I was against telling you guys that that's what we do with it. But yeah. now Ben and I will fight to the death. Oh, so yeah, we have to do what, that because yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to keep it open and you and don't. Not me. And not me. Nope. Mm-mm. Yeah, <laughs> That's how petty vampires are. 
patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely head on over there become a patron on any level you get access to our patreon exclusive episodes uh the uh teenage mutant ninja turtles uh, hell rankers will be going up very soon uh, uh after next week's episode where we'll be talking about uh something that's drawn from the smoking bowl and if you want to put your movie in the smoking bowl go over there become a five dollar patron and once a month we draw from the smoking bowl and we cover the movie and i'm i'm hoping we get a true no vampire we'll find out very soon yeah i hope so too i hope to do one more hopefully good ass vampire movie before the bad month whatever is over. <laughs> yeah or just a really terrible yeah, one that make for a fun yeah. episode i don't really give a shit i just don't want mediocrity so right hopefully we yes get a good one yeah there. bad or good <laughs> And uh, yeah, next week will be a smoking bowl drawing choice. So we'll find out about that time. And I hope you guys tune in then for the the last week of No Vampire here on the podcast. Dead mm-hmm. and lovely. I've been Uncle Ben. I've been Hollywood Steve. And we've been dead and lovely. Leave me now. You left me in the cold, Dad. <laughs> 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 Now you know I'm out there to do everything I can Mm -hmm. to disrupt the damn old liberal agenda (laughs) what's ruining our country and tearing us apart. Uh You know know what I mean? I do know that about you, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Now, we've got some real hardcore, we got some social media, we got some TV programs and movies out there fighting that agenda, uh-huh. but I think we need to take it one step further, bring back the board game into the family home, and especially one that can teach some good messages okay. about how things are to be. You ready for this? All right. Let's hear it. Now, this is, a, this is like a spin on an old classic. All right. All right. An old standby that I grew up playing. Okay. And the object of the game is to make sure that the head of the family, which is to say, of course, the father, the man, right? <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Object of the game is to make sure he don't get poisoned by that liberal agenda. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. It, the game is called Don't Woke Daddy. All right. <laughs> Little spin on don't wait, daddy, but this is different. This is don't woke, daddy. All right. So you go around the board, you roll the dice and so on, right? Yeah. And if you land on a square where it says, uh oh, just selected your preferred pronouns, you're getting one step closer to woken daddy. All right. Oh, don't woke, daddy. Don't woke, daddy. He needs to remain a man, head of the household. This is, I mean, this is just. I, maybe the wildest coincidence in the world, but I've created a new board game. All right, yeah. good. Let's hear it. Let's yeah, hear it. where where um, there it's okay. So your objective is you've got this liberal daddy, and he keeps falling into these faux pas. You know mm, what I mean? Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, saying mm-hmm. things like, I wish I could have voted for Obama for a third term. You know? Oh, my God. Yeah. Title of this one is Don't Woke Daddy. <laughs> no, don't. Don't Woke Daddy. <laughs>
<laughs> it's really fighting to suppress them liberal urges what's overtaking the american families right, what it is, right? you know we got listen we gotta get these to market just see what happens <laughs> asbro haul at your boys 